Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Bob and the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Good to have you with us tonight. I love that song. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. Hey, if you're tuning in for the very first time, I'm the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. The address is 501 Elks Drive. We purchased the old Elks building right on the on Interstate 94. Beautiful building and uh, uh, just love that church. And we uh, God is doing a work there, and we're excited about what he's doing. We had a great church service today, new people there. It seems like every every Sunday and just about every service we have new people, and God was working at work today. We had a graduation celebration, and I just want to throw a congratulation out to two high school graduates, Connor and Vonnie, 
and then also a college graduate, graduate Marlene. And we are um, congratulate you, and we honor you tonight. Also, I want to just say it's Memorial Day weekend. I want to throw out a shout-out to all the veterans, and we honor you tonight on the Tell It Like It Is show for your service to your country and um, your sacrifice and what you've done. Of course, uh, many people gave the ultimate sacrifice for their country. We appreciate them. And so I just don't want to forget that. I, I wanted to say that. I also will let you know that I am going to be telling you throughout this radio show how to get a hold of us, how to visit us. We've got our church services on Wednesdays and Sundays. This coming Wednesday, 730, is the our church service. It starts. We have a time of prayer at 7 before church, and then at 730 we start our service. 501 Elks Drive is the address. That's in Dickinson, North Dakota. I know some of you are listening online. You won't be there. But uh, you need to go to a good Acts 238 church wherever you're at. We've got people texting me tonight. You can be part of this program by texting me, 701-290-7862. The award to the first text was Brother Doug Fuller listening somewhere up on Lake Sakakawea. He was the very first one. Then we had Carl and Jeannie from Michigan listening. These are friends of ours that if I tell them that I'm going to be nearby them, they come and see me. Uh, that's always so neat. It makes me feel so special. And I got such a great text from Carl today. Uh, really, really made me feel good and uh, encouraged me, uh, really encouraged me uh, to just keep on going. We've got Tim listening in North Carolina tonight, just texted me. And we've got um, Sister Brett's listening up in Kildare tonight. And I got to meet your son Sister Bretz, and your daughter-in-law, Sue, Sue, Sue Porn, and your son. We met them. We went to their restaurant. Uh, we've got, oh, man, now they're coming in. Good. You guys are, people are listening out there. Brother Johnson listening from Duluth, Minnesota tonight. Good to have him listening. We've got, um, we've got, um, oh, somebody said, so I can't tell yet. Don't tell yet. Don't tell what? Okay, I won't tell yet then. I'm not going to say what you texted me. But anyway, it's just good to have everybody. You can text me tonight, 701-290-7862. The title of this Tell It Like It Is show is Pastor Bob is going to vent just a little bit tonight. That's the title of it. <laughs> Pastor Bob venting, maybe? All right. Ah, it's going to be all right. But but I just wanted to um, discuss something, talk about something that's somewhat dear to me, very dear to me, I guess. And we'll get into that in a minute. I did bring my guitar in the studio, but I don't have any songs that I know to sing. I don't. In, in fact, I don't have any songs that go along with Pastor Bob venting. I don't have any songs, so maybe I can think of some as we go. Um, the uh, we've got a scripture that I'll read here in just a minute. I want you to know that if you're in the area of Dickinson, North Dakota, we have uh, several churches around here. We've got a church. In Bismarck, the uh, Sanctuary Church, we've got a church, Truth Community Church in 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 um, Beulah. That's 223rd Street Northwest. They have church on Sunday and Wednesdays. We've got Cornerstone Apostolic Church in Bowman. That's on 18 North Main. They have church Sunday mornings, 10:30 and 7:30 Thursdays. The Jesus Church at the Beach Community Center. That's open again. That just opened back to us. So. Uh, we are meeting again in Beach at, on Tuesday nights at 
I'll mention that again throughout the program. I'm going to play a little music maybe tonight by, well, let's see, I may, maybe just various ones that I'll play. Greg McCool is who I'm going to line up to start with. All right, Pastor Bob Venting. That's the name of the program. And here again, you can text me. Hey, Brother Rose texted me. Good to have Brother Rose. He is a faithful listener. Sterling, Kentucky. Are you doing okay, Brother Rose? He's had some health issues, and um, we've prayed for him on the air. Hope he's doing better. Here's the scripture. 1 John 3.14. It says, We know that we have passed from death unto life. Now, I realize some of you are driving in your cars. Uh, If you're not aware of this, listening on Holy Ghost Radio, this is a live AM radio broadcast that you're listening to tonight on the 24th of May 2020. And so many people don't have their Bibles in front of them. And so in 1 John 3.14, it says, We know that we've passed from death unto life. This verse will tell us a test that we can know whether we're going to heaven or not. And I want to talk about this tonight. And it's probably not going to be popular with some folks, but I really, really don't care. Let me finish the verse. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. We're going to start here tonight. It's a test to know whether you're going to heaven or not. It's a test to know whether you're right with God or not, whether you love your brother or not. You know, um, going to church is not like a tally that God keeps track of or the preacher keeps track of. It's not like that, really. We don't keep track of You know, if we go to church or we miss church, to keep score. That's not really what it's about. A perfect church attendance is not a sign of salvation. (laughs) But it is a sign of spiritual desire. It really is. Uh, Going to church and loving to go to church is a sign that you're doing good spiritually. Now, I've heard people tell me over the years that you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Uh, There's a Hebrew word that I'm going to use right here for that. It's called hogwash. Or is that Hebrew or what is it? I think maybe that's Arkansas. But anyway, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. If you're a Christian, you want to go to church. It's a highlight to go to church. Because you love the brethren, and that word brethren there doesn't mean just men. It means brethren like men and women. You love the brethren. You love the people of God. You can't wait to see them. You, you want to see them. You want to encourage them. You want to lift them up. You want to be lifted up by them. And that's why many of the people I pastor, you know, during this pandemic, uh, we did not close down our church. I'm not criticizing anyone that did close down their in-church services. I'm not criticizing anybody. Um, I'm not, because I realize at the very beginning of this, um, you know, we didn't know exactly what we were up against. I mean, if we listened to the news media, we thought we were all going to die. 
But so I'm not criticizing the churches that, and I know in some states, you know, there were some major legal ramifications for continuing to hold services. But the church that I pastor here in Dickinson, if I would have canceled the services and told them I wasn't coming, there were people that would have come anyway. They would have come to church whether I was was there or not. And the reason for that is I pastor a lot of people that love going to church because they love the people in the church. You see, this, this uh, and that's why, um, you know, like, like for instance, there's, there, there was a church in Dickinson that I heard of. I don't know. I'm not going to say which church it is. But this church in Dickinson, I heard, cancels their Wednesday night service during the summer because they can't get enough people to go. I get people, if if I cancel a service because it's the 4th of July or something, I get people that get mad at me. They say, we don't want to cancel church. We want to go to church. Loving the brethren, loving the people of God, is a sign that you've passed from death unto life. It really is. And I'm, I'm going to just talk about that tonight during this program. You know, um, being late to church, you know, not being hit and miss on church, it's a sign of spiritual apathy. And here again, you know, I'm I'm not like a brand new Christian. I, you know, my I, I, I came from a background where, and my mom's probably listening tonight, she tried to get us to go to church. My mom did. She wanted us to go to church, I think faithfully, but I didn't want to go. I didn't grow up as a Pentecostal, but I, I, I really didn't want to go. Now, my wife grew up as a Catholic, and they went to church all the time. But I I just didn't care to go. When I was dating my wife, I went because I needed to to try to, to impress her dad and mom. But I did not have a love for the house of God. Number one, I didn't know what was going on there. I really didn't. I had no idea what they were doing. I was I was bored out of my mind. And then when I was 20 years old and the spiritual light bulb went off in my head, you couldn't keep me away from church. Like and I'm not saying this to brag about me, I'm just telling you that that the scripture where David said in Psalm 122:1, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. That's exactly true. I was glad when they said, it's time to go to church. David also said in Psalm 84.10, he said, For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. And so this, this concept that I'm talking about today, and like I say, Not everybody that's listening tonight is going to be happy with what I'm going to say. I know that. They're they're not going to be. But when you start to find fault with your brothers and sisters, and even to the point where you quit coming to church over it, that's a sign that you're not right with God. 
You know, I have met some of the finest people in my life in a Pentecostal church. Now, I didn't say they were perfect people. I didn't say that. But some of the finest people in my life. There are people in my life. Like, for instance, right now, and I don't know if any of them are listening to me right now, but right now I could call, well, you know what, I bet there is one listening to me, Brother Pearson from Wisconsin. He's driving back to Wisconsin. He just was preaching here in North Dakota. Brother Pearson is one of my friends, and I have many friends, and I could call them or send them a text and say, Brother Pearson, I need you to be with me a week from Sunday. I need you to be here. It's very important to me. And I've got friends in my life that would drop everything and do it. You see, I love the people of God. The people of God have been so good to me. And I'm going to tonight I'm going to talk about this. This is called this program is called Pastor Bob venting tonight. Here's a Greg McCool song and I'm you know I'm just trying to be a little funny too. I'm not really venting, but I am going to say some things that may shock you. When he jumped off the bus and he ran across the parking lot He wore a hand-me-down suit, tennis shoes, and a tie He's looking hot A birthday Bible in his right hand He got last year when he turned ten They pick him up every Sunday at the edge of the trailer park Oh, he's a bus boy He's a bus boy Now how about that He doesn't look like much But he's got something deep inside Oh, oh, he's a bus boy With a burning desire He's a bus boy Well, his soul is on fire When the able ain't willing God can even use a bus
guitar player is greg mccool still kicking is he around he um years ago when i I, we've been doing his tell it like it is radio show for a long time and he sent me three of his cds and we've been playing them over the years now um and i i just haven't heard from brother greg mccool they're um tell it like it is title of the program pastor bob is venting tonight and we've got uh the uh, I appreciate that, Brother Pearson, what he said. He texted me. You know, we're, I'm talking about just one scripture today, First John 3, 14. We know that we've passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. You can tell a lot about people by who they hang out with. You can tell what they love by who they hang out with. Like, for instance, um, people that love music... Hang out with each other. People that love motorcycles hang out with each other. There's a young man that goes to our church, really likes motorcycles. Well, I've driven a motorcycle for many years, and we have we have that in common. I'm not I'm not a biker. I don't dress like a biker or look like a biker, but I've ridden motorcycles for let's see, forty forty five years now. Wow, I've had some bad accidents. One really bad one, but the um, I should have learned my lesson. My mom wishes I would have learned my lesson. But you can tell, like, people that like motorcycles, uh, a lot of those people, they go to bike rallies and stuff. I don't I don't go to the bike rallies, but, you know, you can tell if somebody loves sports because of what they do and and how faithful they are to it. I know people that, that love to ski, buy season passes, uh, go as much as they can, people that like to fish and they they try to do it as much as they can. They buy boats. They, I mean, there's there's like pro what is it pro bass shop? Is that right? There's not one around here, but I think it's like a shop that's built around fishing. Is that right? Fishing, hunting, Cabela's. I mean, people love when they love something. It shows that by what they do, how faithful they are to it. You don't have to make deer hunters get ready to go out on the first day of the season. They're out there. They're, in fact, my good friend um, uh, Nate, he's out there a long time before the first day of the season spotting deer. You see, this is true when it comes to the people of God. If you love God, you love God's people. And so people that criticize God's people or don't want to go to church and hang out with God's people what does that say about them? 
What does it say about you if you're one of them? Some people home church. They don't want to associate with the church. I'll tell you, and I've said it on the radio before, home church is usually a sign of someone who can't get along with other people. Or they don't want to live right. Or they want to be the pastor themselves. It could be that. And there is a way you can be a pastor. There really is. There's a process. I, I know I've told people at home church this. They'll say, we, we don't believe in going to church. We home church. And I tell them, well, my experience has been home church, people at home church just can't get along with others. And I probably makes sense, but it, they get really mad at me when I say that. Here again, you're not going to find perfect people in a Pentecostal church, but you're going to find some good people there, a lot of good people there. You know, in Proverbs thirty twelve, it says, there is a generation that is pure in their own eyes and yet not washed from their filthiness. Uh, Proverbs 21, 2 says something similar. It says, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. Now, Jesus addressed self-righteousness and self-justification many, many times. And I know that certainly we can apply that to religious people. But religious people do not have a corner, certainly by no means have a corner on the market of self-righteousness, self-justification, or being judgmental. Like, I know people that will criticize people because they go to church. And they say, oh, those church people, they're a bunch of hypocrites. Well, they don't even know those people. How can you say someone's a hypocrite and you don't even know them? How can you say that? You see, what I'm telling you is you can be very judgmental and have never gone to church in your life. And you could be judging very good people and saying very bad things about them and be totally wrong. Recently, I had somebody call the church phone and cuss me out. They cussed me out because we were holding church services through this pandemic, and they cussed me out. Maybe they're listening tonight. I don't know. They didn't let me say a word. All I got to say was hello. And they just cussed me out, told me what they thought, called me some names, and hung up on me. And I thought, that's unfair. I mean, like, if I did something wrong to you, yeah, cuss me out if you want. I mean, I wouldn't, don't do that, please. But, you know, I mean, but you don't even know me. I'm going to say it again. Religious people, Pentecostal people, don't have a corner on the market of self-righteousness, self-justification, or being judgmental. Now, maybe there are some that are that way. But for the 41 years that I've been going to a Pentecostal church, I guess I see a lot of good people, a lot of humble people, a lot of people that are willing to help you and take you out to eat and 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 help you, um, you know, learn a trade or, or um, you know, I've I've got a friend tonight, this friend of mine, Carl, that that um, that texted me earlier and just really thanked me for. You know, he happened to be in a jail ministry where I, I was ministering, and he, he's always said such nice things about me, and I appreciate that. It makes me feel good. But 
you know, when we, you know, and we're hoping we can start our jail ministry again, this COVID-19, the jail shut down, but we love going to the jails. Uh, you know, this idea that we think we're better than anybody else, that's, that's really judgmental for people to say that when you don't even know. Like you, you really don't know. I am the pastor of some of the nicest people there are. I mean, they're good people, and I'm their pastor. And that's why sometimes I'll, I'll meet people that'll criticize people that go to our church. But they don't know them. Now, here again, I'm not telling you that the people of God never do anything wrong or never have a bad day or, you know, whatever. Don't have a bad attitude. Certainly. Yeah, they're people. But it is so unfair. Why? Let me ask you this. You, you that are listening tonight that can text me, 701-290-7862. Why do people do that? Why do people judge the people of God and say such terrible things about them? Now, I'm not saying everybody does. But like, for instance, I was accused... Okay, and here again, this may sound like I'm I'm being defensive or whatever. I'm not. I'm just using it as an example. But recently, okay, because we continued to have you know in-person church services in our church, we we were practicing social distancing. We were encouraging people not to shake hands, wash our hands. Uh, we spread our pews out. You know, we were trying to be safe. There again, people didn't know that, and they assumed we were just being stupid, kissing everybody or hugging everybody. Maybe I don't know. But somebody said, Pastor Bob is only having in-person church services because he's wanting those offerings that people would bring to church. I heard that somebody said that. Well, that's really unfair. Do you, I don't know if you know this, but Pastor Bob's never drawn a paycheck from the church that I pastor. I have a, a siding and window business that's been a very, very good way to make a living for me. And that's how I've made my living for the last 41 years. We moved to Dickinson. We had this, we started up our business here and, and uh, it's been a blessing and I enjoy it. I enjoy working with my hands. I enjoy being outside. And, um, and so I've, that's how I've made my living. We don't draw an income from the church. Now the people of God give, and there's nothing wrong with pastors drawing an income from their church. In fact, the Bible teaches that they should. But what I'm saying is, isn't it kind of judgmental to say that Pastor Bob only kept the church open so that he could get more offerings? Like, you that have listened to this radio program for any length of time, have you ever heard me say, please send a dollar to the Tell It Like It Is program? Have you ever heard me say that? You see, it's judgmental to throw preachers into some kind of a pot with some of these goofballs, these tele-evangelists that are just after maybe people's money, and to assume that a Pentecostal pastor is the same person. That's judgmental. It's a new kind, a new type of self-righteousness. 
It's a different type of judgmentalism, isn't it? Let me just tell you this, and I've got pastors listening to me tonight. Most pastors that I know made better money doing something else besides pastoring. Okay? The pastors that I know, most of the pastors that I know that are drawing a living from their church, like they they live as a pastor full time, they don't they don't um they they don't you know have a, another job. They just spend their time just preaching, praying, helping people. That's what they do. And they draw an income from the church. Most of the pastors that I know made more money doing something else and could make a lot more money doing something else. Isn't it unfair that people say that preachers are in it for the money? Now, preachers across the board. Here again, okay, I'm just going to tell you this. I'm going to make this disclaimer. I'm not Catholic. I don't believe what the Catholic Church believes. But when I hear somebody tell me that these priests, these Catholic priests are just after money, it makes me mad. You know how little money a Catholic priest makes? Do you know what they own? They don't really own anything, a lot of them. And here again, I'm not not trying to get you to become a Catholic, but I'm just telling you that there is a unfairness. There is a unfairness of criticism sometimes towards God's people And I'm telling you, and I'm concerned for you, that if you're one of those people, that you're on dangerous ground because you're not right with God. You know, I've, I've, um, as many of you, I've kept up the news on Brother Tony Spell down in Baton Rouge. His main crime... (laughs) has been that they've continued to have church services. And I have read some of the most unfair, untrue things about him in the news. Well, Brother Spell, Tony Spell, wants people to send their stimulus checks to him. Folks, that's not what he said. He didn't say it. I wonder why those people don't mention that Brother Spell has 26 church buses that go out every Sunday picking up mostly poor people, bringing them to their church, feeding them a meal. If they need clothes, they give them clothes. Personally, I think these news media experts have picked on the wrong church. Because if you look close at that life tabernacle in Baton Rouge, you're going to find a church that's multiracial, that is made up, I think, mostly of people that are not rich. And they are reaching out to people that have been in trouble with the law, in trouble with drugs, in trouble with alcohol. They're reaching out, trying to help put families back together. And people that are criticizing them. Now, here again, maybe the news media can do that. Peter said you can suffer as a Christian. That's a good thing. But if you're a person of God, let's be careful. 
Let's be careful. Through this pandemic, it's really been teaching me to be just be a little more careful about criticizing anybody. That's my brother. It really has. If this truly is leading us into end-time prophecy, which it seems like it may be, if it's not this pandemic, it might be the next one, where people are so afraid that they would take a mark to buy or sell. I mean, it's. I, I was talking, uh, Brother Johnny Godare, uh, I guess listens to me sometimes. He called me, and I called him back. He told me this is, he feels like this is getting us ready for something. I, I believe he's right. Well, if that's true, we Acts 238 people better start <laughs> sticking together rather than criticizing each other. I only pastor the church I pastor. That's who I'm going to answer to God for as a pastor. I'm not going to pastor everybody else in this world. You know, oh, you know, I better. I, I got a lot of people texting me now. I wonder if I'm making people mad. Am I making you mad? You know, you don't go to church. You you say it's full of a bunch of hypocrites, and so you quit going because they hurt your feelings. Really? Let me read that scripture again. Where is this? We know that we've passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. Even when your brothers irritate you a little bit, you still love them, don't you? Text me, 701-290-7862. Well, sometimes I let the troubles and the problems of this world get down. Well, I should be flying high. days now are better than my best days then. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is show. 
people texting me tonight, 701-290-7862. Good to have uh, Yvonne listening from Bowman. Good to have Brother Seth Springer listening from Bowman. He had a bunch of people from our Dickinson Church down there today, I heard. I, I knew about some of them anyway that went down there. I um, want, want to say a shout-out to the Schmitz and the Schulers listening in Bismarck. I can say that now. For some reason, it was a surprise to somebody, and I couldn't say it. Casey's listening. Good to have her listening tonight. Uh, just a lot of you are listening, texting me. Um, thank you so much. Um, appreciate that. It's always good to I, – I asked a question earlier. Nobody's really answered me yet, but why do people criticize the people of God? You know, if you don't like – if you say, I don't want to go to church, too many hypocrites there, you sure don't want to go to hell. That's where all the hypocrites are going to be on. Yeah, you know, just kind of excuses, aren't they? Kind of excuses. Um, critics of God's people are sometimes, many times, among the most judgmental people. They accuse God's people of things that are not true. They set themselves up as the judge and the jury. But tonight, I want to testify that I have met great people in God's church. And I could spend many hours telling you stories of people. People that are just good people. There was a lady that started coming to our church here a while back. And I believe she hit a deer with her car. There was a young man coming to our church. He heard it, and he had a car, extra car, nice car. He just gave it to her, to her her and her family. Just gave her the car. And that's not an isolated thing. The people of God, the Pentecostal people, the apostolic movement, these people are tight. They're close. They're a family. I think, what is it? Who is it? Just texted me. Was it Brother Joe? Is that right from Arkansas? Did he text me? He said, what, is that, he's, is that, was that you that texted me? No, it wasn't you. Somebody else. Somebody else texted me. He said, I'm closer to the church family than my own family. <coughs> Somebody that texted me. Here again, not a perfect people, but good people. People that pray for you. My wife and I, when we first started going to a Pentecostal church, about the first year into it, we found out our daughter was very, very sick. She had what we found out to be what they called an incurable heart disease. That's interesting. She's 40 years old now, but she had an incurable heart disease. She wasn't supposed to live to be two. God worked a miracle in her life. My wife and I had to go to Minneapolis or to Rochester to the hospital. And the people of God gave us money to go. They helped us. You know, this, the the people of God, you know, I am glad. I love God's people. Do they ever irritate me? Do we ever get on each other's nerves? Yeah, sure. We're people. You see, you can be a non Christian person and be more judgmental than the people that you're accusing of being judgmental because you're operating with misinformation. You know, um, there are 
and here again, I'm not, I'm not having a bad attitude day here. I, I'm really not. It's not like that. That's not what I'm, I'm just telling you. I'm trying to wake somebody up, especially you that are listening to me tonight, that are mad at your pastor, you're mad at your brothers and sisters in the church, and you're holding them to a higher standard than you're willing to live. You know, this, this, um, uh, you know, I, over the years, I've pastored this church in Dickinson now for over 30 years. And over the years, I've had people quit coming to church and they'll say things like, nobody loves me, nobody was kind to me, nobody paid attention to me. And I've, I've heard that. And I think we could all do better. I think we could. I really do. I'm not here to pat our church on the back. That's not really my, really not my point tonight. I think we could always do better. I think we do miss some things. I think sometimes people are hurting and we don't see it. I, I, you know, I believe that's true. But I'll tell you this, that, that, um, that people, like the people that are members of our church, take care of each other. We've got a man that comes to our church that is a very good mechanic. And if he hears somebody has car problems and they can't afford to get them fixed... He just takes over. It's part of his ministry. He's a talented mechanic. You see, when you come to our church and you come criticizing the people that go to our church, to me, it probably won't go very good. Because you don't know them. It's unfair. The church is not the only ones that can be self-righteous or judgmental. You know, um, I'm starting to run out of time. You know, this, this idea that that maybe you think you're better than the people that go to church. Maybe you think that. But who, in whose estimation? The self-esteem movement has really disconnected people from reality in some ways. We tell ourselves we're good, but are we good? You know, I'm really a good person, Pastor Bob. But what do we base that on? Are we comparing ourselves with the people we hang out with? Better watch out about that. 2 Corinthians 10.12 said, But they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. By calling ourselves good, does it make us good? I mean, who says that we're good? There was an author, um, his uh, last name was Same Now in Psychology Today. He said this, perhaps... The most surprising discovery in my early years of trying to understand the criminal mind was that without exception, offenders regard themselves as good human beings. No matter how long their trail of carnage, no matter what suffering they've caused others, every one of them retained the view that he is a good person. You see, 
what makes you a good person? Well, I believe that one of the things we need to do to get to heaven is we got to work on our pride. James 4, 6 says God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. He shall lift you up. You know, I'm thank I want I just say today, I'm thankful for all the people of God in my life. I'm thankful for my pastor that pastored me for many years until his death, Pastor David Walters. He prayed for me, he worried about me, he preached to me, he prepared sermons for me. His wife prayed for us, my wife and I. Um she she um, she was uh, an intercessor for us. She stood in the gap for us. I appreciate my pastor. I appreciate the good people of God. I appreciate my brothers and sisters. People that would stand in the gap for me. I'm going to play one more song for some reason, then I'll come right back after that. Well, it was Saturday night and I just got paid. Got my pocket full of money, Lord, I had it made. I was looking for the dealer, he was looking for me. But I still owed him money getting high last week. Said, give me a little more of that white cocaine. He said, come on, cool, let's do it again. Daddy said, what's the matter? She said, down in my soul, I feel an aching need. We gotta find ourselves together, need to intercede. Cause a boy's in trouble, I can feel the pain. So they dropped to their knees in Jesus' name. The Holy Ghost fell like a rushing wind. They were standing in the gap once again. Standing in the gap, feeling my pain, interceding for me in Jesus' name.
Greg McCool, we've been playing his music tonight. That's been some good stuff. Fit right in with what I'm talking about. And I want to just say I appreciate everybody that has texted me tonight. Let me know they were listening and some of the comments they made. But I want you to know that I love God's people. I was 20 years old when the first time I ever came into a Pentecostal church. I was a drug addict. I was I didn't look Pentecostal, didn't act Pentecostal. Was not a moral person, not an honest person. And those good those good people took my wife and I in and our little baby and they treated us just like family. Got a friend named Brother Wes, and he and his wife used to invite us over to their house. It wasn't always like, you know, Bible study. It was just hanging out. Came over to their house, visited, and goofed around, and played games. And they were good to my kids. There's a man that goes to the Bismarck Church, Brother Jerry. So good to my kids. Just so good to my kids. He was our Sunday school director and um, made my kids feel so special. You know, my, my kids have had tremendous Sunday school teachers over the years, youth leaders. When my kids, I'm not saying it has to be this way, but sometimes teenagers get to the point where they don't want to really talk to their mom and dad as much. And there were youth leaders, youth pastors. There's a man listening to me tonight, Brother Von Pearson, that took one of my sons aside one time and kind of pointed him the right way. I love, I love the brethren. And if you don't, You've let Satan deceive you. If you all you see is their imperfection, if all you see is their humanness, if you're missing the big picture, um, I, I want you to know that you're going the wrong direction. People that criticize their churches, I don't know what church you've gone to, but I'll tell you the ones that I've attended have been some pretty good people. And you know what's cool is we want you in our church. We want you to be part of it. You know, we want you to come and join us. You know, we're going to we're going to put up with your dust. You know, the Bible says we're just dust. I'm not I'm not trying to get you by. I'm not trying to you know, say that we have a right to not live right or or you know that Nobody's perfect, so let's all sin. You, you guys know. If you've been listening a while, you know how I feel about that. But I'm just telling you, there, there is not all perfect people. You know, you, you might come to church and as a, as a ten year old boy and get in a fight after church with somebody and get a bloody nose. But you know what? That same guy will probably become your best friend and be your best man in your wedding someday. It's a family. It's a tight-knit group. We're, we're tied together by repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. We're tied together by holiness and strong beliefs, strong stands that ties us together as a group. 
And and you know, um, this friend of mine listening tonight, his name's Carl. I wonder if he'll remember this, but he had just got out of jail. He came the next morning, I believe. He got out of jail on a Thursday. The next morning, he came to Perkins. We have a we had a men's Bible study there at six a.m. And after the men's Bible study, I said, uh, Carl uh, needs needs a job. He just he's just found himself without a job. Now Carl, Carl's never really ever been without a job, but this particular moment, he was without a job. And before he left that morning, he had a job, working for a guy named Elvin. That's the kind of church that I go to. And we want you to come to that church. We want you to be there. Our next service is Wednesday night here in Dickinson, North Dakota, 501 Elks Drive, right on Interstate 94, the old Elks building. We've got room for 500 people in that building, and we don't have that many yet. So we got room for you. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've been doing. I don't care, you know, drug addict, alcoholic, homosexual, immoral, liar. We want you to come. We want you to be there. You know, you're, you're, uh, this church is a soul-saving station, and we want you to be there. Nobody's so bad they can't come to a Pentecostal church, and nobody's so good they don't need to go to one either, by the way. Also, if you live in the Bowman area, we've got services there. Sunday mornings, 1030. This is on 18 North Main. It's called the Cornerstone Apostolic Church. Got two people from that church listening to me tonight. That's about 78 miles from here. Is that how far Bowman is? 75 miles from here. 10, 10.30 Sunday mornings, 7.30 Thursday nights. In, Bu- in, in Beach, we have the Jesus Church at the Beach Community Center, Tuesday night, 7.30. And then Wednesday night, the Truth Community Church at 7.30 in Beulah, 220 3rd Street Northwest. Also, their Sunday morning service, is it at 10 or 10.30? What, what time is your Sunday morning service? You listening to me in Beulah? So, this is how you get a hold of us. It's a great place. It's a a place where people love you. It's a place where people will be a family to you. It's a place where people will help you. And it's a place where people will tell you the truth. And they'll tell you how to get to heaven. You know, I I love the church. You know, um... There's a song that we sing. It's one of my favorite songs in our songbook song. It's page 151. And it says this, I love to sing and pray, rejoicing every day. It's it's a song that talks about, I love to see the the signs of of faith. I love to uh, see the people of God. But it says, but I love Jesus best of all. I do. But second best of all, I love his people. Lord Jesus, tonight as we close this program, I ask you to help those that are listening. God, those that maybe have a bad attitude, those that maybe just didn't understand how good your people are. Maybe those that have been trapped into this critical attitude of looking for perfection and finding all the fault. I pray tonight that you'll just bless, touch, help these that are listening tonight. We just pray name of Jesus. You are-
Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Pastor Bob will do better next week. Uh, I won't be venting next week. There's There were some things behind this program tonight that you don't know about. But anyway, God bless you. And want to see you in church. Come and hang out with God's good people. Good night. Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.